Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your presence in this place with us. And as we kind of move into tonight, why don't you just take a moment to, um, to just ask the Lord to lighten your heart, to make you open and ready and available. If there's anything tonight that would serve as a wall between you and him, we just ask him to just like melt those walls down. God, would you speak to us? We're grateful for Jesus tonight, for the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, even as we kind of move into this Advent season where we're anticipating um, the celebration of the coming of Jesus as we think of Christmas, God, and what that means for us. Lord, I pray that you would just quicken our spirits to to value and love what Jesus came to do. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the people who are in this place. Thank you for your presence with us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight we are, uh, we're talking about thankfulness. We're talking about gratitude. Can we bring the house lights up just a little bit, please? Um, thinking about thankfulness and gratitude. And uh, as we move in tonight, I just want to kind of share this picture I got as we were moving toward this weekend. As I was driving in my car one afternoon, I just kind of got this sudden picture of, um, of what we're doing tonight, almost like painting the walls. Like we've been in this space now for a couple months. We've had people doing awesome stuff here, building things and painting things and putting in lights and all kinds of electrical things and putting the sound together and building stages. And there's been people in here who have been doing kind of this physical work in the space. And tonight, as we move into what we're doing with thankfulness, it's almost that same picture that we're like, we're having a work night tonight. Like we're painting the walls with thankfulness and that what we do tonight kind of stays in the space as paint would or as these lights do, that we would kind of deposit gratitude in this space tonight. And as we move back into the space this week, whether it's coming to a small group here or coming to an event or whether we gather here next Sunday or we're having our Christmas party on December 16th that I hope you're all at because it'll be awesome and you should be there. Um, as we come back into the space, like we walk back into the space and the thankfulness that we paint on the walls tonight is seen in the spiritual realm in the same way that we see the paint that's on the walls right now. And that what we experience and what we experiment with tonight and what we allow ourselves to walk into in the spiritual would be painted on the walls when we come back in every time we come back in. So tonight, the things that we're doing kind of come to this idea that thanksgiving shifts the atmosphere. That as we deposit our thankfulness in this room tonight, because in just a minute we'll be practicing thanksgiving, as we deposit that in the room tonight, it actually shifts 
our reality. It shifts this room. It shifts our life. And as the result of our spiritual practice tonight when it comes to Thanksgiving, we would shift things, including the environment that we gather in on a regular basis. I've shared this before, but several months ago, I was sitting down with my friend Landon, who got married this weekend, to my other friend Allison. Yeah, so awesome. Um, and we, uh, Landon and I were meeting, and we were talking about our worship ministry and just some things there. But in the course of that meeting, I started talking about like this anxiety that was kind of like weighing me down, that was hanging over me, that I kind of was, was wrestling with and dealing with on a regular basis. And Landon gave such wisdom in that moment. He said, you know, one of the things that's really helped me to deal with anxiety throughout my life is gratitude. And when I practice gratitude in moments of anxiety, it helps me see those moments and it helps me see my life with a different lens. Because I remember the good things that God has done. I remember the good things that God is doing and it gives me a new weight to my perspective. Because I don't know if you're like me, but there are times where these like little things just kind of like drop on us. Like you're outside and it's starting to rain and that first raindrop just kind of like hits you in the forehead or if you wear glasses, like it's the worst. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you get that one raindrop on your glasses and like, oh, anyway. And, and, and like that thing, glasses, great analogy. It like goes on your, your glasses and it's like everything you see is through the lens of the one raindrop. And I don't know if you've experienced that, where like a million things could be wonderful in your life, and there's that one thing that's just like really difficult. And that becomes the lens through which you see and experience everything, right? And that happens, and Landon's just like really great wisdom of thankfulness kind of helps me take my glasses off and clean them, which these glasses desperately need. And allows us to see with new lenses. It, it like helps us recalibrate in a really amazing way. And, and I think that's what we're looking at tonight. It's what we're stepping into. And this idea of thanksgiving all the way back in Leviticus in the Old Testament, as God was kind of giving uh, kind of these prescriptions for worship, Leviticus 7, it says this, These are the regulations for the fellowship offering anyone may present to the Lord. If they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with this thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made without yeast with olive oil mixed in. And it kind of goes on to give more of what they're to bring if they're to bring this thank offering. But what I want us to look at here in Leviticus chapter 7 is that this thank offering is actually offered as part of the fellowship offering. And the fellowship offering is the recognition, it's like a prophetic recognition that the Messiah is coming and is going to restore fellowship fellowship between us and God. In the King James Version, it's called the peace offering, that Christ comes to make peace between us and God. And we understand the spiritual gravity of the peace offering, of the salvation that Christ offers us, reuniting us with God. But rarely do we position thankfulness on the same level or recognize thankfulness with the same gravity as we recognize salvation. And what's we're seeing here in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 7 is that there's a deep spiritual reality of the concept of thankfulness. It's not just something we do. 
It's not just some nicety. Thankfulness isn't just a holiday we celebrate. There's great spiritual power to shift reality as we practice thanksgiving. And that's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to practice thanksgiving to the point where it shifts us and it stays in this space and it shifts the atmosphere of this place. In Colossians chapter 3, we see this connection between the transforming work of Christ and the power of thanksgiving. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. There is a spiritual parallel between the powerfully redemptive work of the peace of Christ exhibited in our lives as the result of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and the power of thanksgiving in and through our lives. In addition to this kind of like picture of us painting the room with Thanksgiving tonight that we would come back, there are kind of a few other pictures like turning on a faucet and a bathtub and just watching that water rise, that as we practice Thanksgiving in this room tonight, that it would literally like rise in the room and it would displace whatever air is here with the air of Thanksgiving. Or like you see a pirate movie and they're like, open up the treasure chest and the treasure chest is so full of gold coins. They like overflow off the side that we would have like that Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales like diving into the vault full of coins, which I would never recommend. That will not end well. It works well for animated cartoons, but not real life. And I recognize that at this point, there are people in the room who have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, I've heard people say, like, I'm showing my age. But I'm talking about, like, a cartoon that was on in the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't that long ago. Ah, uh, who was born in the 90s? That's crazy. All right. So Thanksgiving shifts atmospheres. In addition to that, one of the principles I really want us to grasp onto tonight as well is thankfulness isn't contingent upon our circumstance. It refocuses, uh, refocuses us in the midst of our circumstance. So I want us to look at Paul in Acts chapter 27. So this is nearing the end of the book of Acts, and we see so much of the ministry of Paul. And in chapter 27, Paul says this to a group of people around him. I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to come back and talk about it. He says, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of all of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. So we see Paul giving thanks. But what are the circumstances surrounding Paul's thanks? All the way back in Acts chapter 20, Paul says this. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Paul has lived this faithful life of ministry. And he has given such like amazing deposits prophetically into the lives of people that he encounters. Like the Lord is speaking to him. But at the same time, that prophetic gift in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit is warning him that prison and hardships are facing him. And Paul is faithful to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit regardless of the circumstance. And he goes to Jerusalem and he goes through trial after trial after trial because there's all these legal people who don't have a legal 
legal precedence for what they can do to Paul, but they know they're threatened by his authority. But their law has no way to deal with the authority of God in Paul. And so all they can do is transfer him from one judge to the next, to the king, to the governor, to the army people. And Paul finds this amazing opportunity for ministry in the midst of all of it. But eventually Paul is put in jail He's put under the kind of purview of the centurion, and there are several prisoners who are overseeing the centurion. And the centurion puts them on a boat, and they all start going to Rome. And in the midst of that, Paul says, hey, there is a storm coming. Don't go into the storm. And the centurion doesn't listen to him. And so Paul is a prisoner. He's gone from judge to judge to judge to governor to king, and they've all judged him. Eventually, they put him in jail, and now he's on this boat, and there's a storm ahead of them, and the centurion isn't listening to him. And for 14 days, they encounter this storm until eventually they just throw everything overboard to lighten the ship so they don't sink. And it's in the midst of that that we come to Acts chapter 27. And last night, Paul says to the people on this boat, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Again, it's like difficult prophetic word for him. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So Paul is like experiencing the nastiness of the storm and the potential of the sinking boat. And there's this assuring word that comes to Paul. It's like you and all these people will be saved. Awesome. But on the other side of you being saved from the storm, by the way, you're about to have to go face Caesar, Acts chapter 27, with all that happening, verse 33, just before dawn, Paul urged them to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you've been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now, I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, which, if you have curly hair, like, look at that. I don't even see it. That's like a crazy prophetic word, not a single hair. Like I'm pulling it out of my head all day long. Look, there's another one. All I have to do is run my fingers through my hair. Anyway, all right, what are we talking about? After, this, he's, he's, uh, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of all of them. Then he broke it and he began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. And look at what's happening here. We don't give thanks for the difficult experience. We give thanks in the difficult experience. Paul wasn't saying, thank you for persecution. Thank you for jail. Thank you for storm. Thank you for sinking boat. Thank you for shipwreck. Thank you for Caesar. No, Paul recognized that despite all of the brokenness around him, all of the pain around him, all of the anguish that he was experiencing, God was present with him. And because God was present with him, he had the ability to give thanks. There might be circumstances in your life tonight that people are trying to to convince you are good. And let's just be honest, like there are circumstances that are different from what God intends for us. We live in a world where those circumstances are around us. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability oftentimes to change those circumstances, but we don't have to give thanks for those circumstances. We give thanks in those circumstances because God is with us. So whatever you're bringing in tonight as we turn the corner to practice Thanksgiving, I want us to just come before him honestly 
And I want us to come before him recognizing that Thanksgiving has the power to shift an atmosphere. And that we have the ability to paint this room and fill up this space with gratitude that will change this place and will change us in turn. And so I just want us to start um, with this first practice in Thanksgiving. When you came in tonight, you're given this little bag. Um, Just open it up. There's four little pieces of fabric in here. If you didn't get one of these, would you please raise your hand and we will make sure you get one. And we're going to be spending the next like um, 15 minutes or so with this. So make sure you have one because we're all going to be doing this. Also in this bag is a Sharpie and a card, a Sharpie and a card. The card, because we're about to write on these pieces of fabric and you can see that they're a little bit porous. So the card is for you to put the fabric on so you don't get the Sharpie on your pants. See how thorough people think through things around here? Isn't that awesome? Just a helpful hint as well. I've, I've learned that actually writing by holding it down with my, I'm right-handed, holding it down with my right hand and stretching it with my, this helps to stretch it. This helps. See that? So just, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you what we're writing. I'm just, I'm writing this helps to give you a demonstration. So we're going to have four moments over the next few minutes where we're going to be thankful for four different things. And some of them will be specific and some of them will be a little more general. And just as we start this, we're going to pause. And I'm just going to ask you, this is pretty generally, generally, what is something you're thankful for in your life? Whether it's like a circumstance or a position or an opportunity, something you're thankful for. And we're just going to start by like exhibiting gratitude, by writing what is just something you're thankful for, whether it's a circumstance or a position, an opportunity, something that the Lord has allowed to exist in your life that tonight you can give thanks for. And we're just going to start really generally with that. So I'm going to play some music and give you a time to think and then just write it on the strip. And it's, it's potentially easy for us just to write this on here and kind of move on to the next thing. But as we talk about shifting the atmosphere, as we talk about making a deposit here, painting the walls with gratitude, it's important that we also practice the spiritual side of what we're doing, not just writing it down on a piece of paper. It's helpful to write things down. It gives us the opportunity to just like clearly define things. But now I want us to like look at that. 
And I want us to move into the spiritual realm. I want us to just look at that word, look at that thing, that thing that we have to be thankful for. And then close your eyes and just allow your spirit to pray a prayer, a deep prayer of gratitude to God tonight for this thing. Let's stir the spiritual realm up with our gratitude. Allow it to shift you. Allow it to shift this room. What are you thankful for? Bring it before the Lord. Yes, Lord. Just go deep with him about it. Like, recognize him as the author of it. Like, he just gave you, like, the best gift in the world. You open the package. It's your birthday. Like, come to him with that kind of appreciation about it. Get specific. Yes, Lord, we're thankful. We're, we're grateful people, God. Stir that up in us. And continue to do that as we kind of move forward in this. Just let it keep loosening up more and more gratitude, the greater spirit of thankfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's that first thing. We got three more, and I just want to encourage you. Like, if at any moment there, you feel like there's a wall, you feel like there's some cynicism, you feel like there's something separating you from allowing you to engage in what we're doing right here, just say a prayer about it. Like, lift it up before the Lord. God, give me grace here. Loosen me up and allow me to engage you in this. Um, so the next thing is this. Gratitude allows us to call out the image of God in others by recognizing who they are and what they've done. There's something really wonderful about this. I mean, there's even people in this room tonight who exhibit that, who do that in such cool ways and amazing ways. Like Kelsey and Cameron are my small group and like we've been practicing being able to do that for one another, like call out the image of God in one another, to prophesy over one another. I've shared some of those stories here. And Ryan, as he's come and he's just led us and helped us to understand how to care for one, one another, to, to really understand like what it means to be pastored and move from one point of grace to the next in our lives. There's people all over this room, the people who came to serve tonight, uh, Chrissy and several others who like came and cut up a thousand of these pieces of fabric so that we can do this thing tonight and put up these lights and the people who are serving in tech and these musicians on stage who embody what it means to serve 
Paul does this over and over again all throughout the, the, the New Testament as he's writing. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. In Philemon, it says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. In Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. And as we call out the truth of God, the image of God, how we bear his image, as we call that out in one another, it does something to highlight it. Oftentimes we may not even see the things that God is doing in and through us. us. And as we call those out in one another, as we celebrate how God is moving in and and through each other and we, we rise up in thankfulness, it gives us the opportunity to highlight those things. And as we highlight them, it begins to cement them into our character. Like, bring it. If you're going to do it, do it loud. You know what I mean? All right. So it, it like cements it into our character. We have these like these passing moments of awesomeness, I think. Right? And, and we just like accidentally maybe do something really beautiful. And then somebody calls it out and we remember it. And then we begin practicing it. And then it becomes part of our life. And I think thankfulness has the ability to do that. We have these like little moments or maybe even something we practice regularly and somebody says, I'm so thankful that for that in you. And then it becomes like part of our being. And it's this beautiful thing that rises up in us. So let's be thankful for other people tonight. Who can we be thankful for tonight? And, and again, be specific. Who and why? Who and why? What is the image of God that's in them? How is it coming out? And let's just write down several names and write down a name and then write down why you're thankful for them. And let's just be thankful for one another for a minute. Go ahead.
My microphone wasn't on for any of that, so I hope you heard it. You have a two-minute text window. And if they're in the room, like, go, go tell them, tell them, tell them, go. All right, then you have to put it on do not disturb mode because they're going to be texting you back. And like, you know what I mean? Because um, I get a microphone, I'll just say some. Um, who would be most embarrassed? I guess? Just kidding. Um, you know what? I was looking at Brad right there who was playing bass tonight, and he plays so frequently on our stage, and every time he does... He drives from the east coast of Florida to do that and be present with us. And it's like, what kind of awesomeness is that? It's not that he just like gives. Whatever you give here at City Beautiful Church, think about adding two hours of travel on each side of that. You know, like even, even if you were here serving a lot, it's like he gives two extra hours and gas money to be here. It's just like so beautiful, you know? So thank you. Thanks, Brad. And she texted me, but I already wrote your name down on here, Haley. Kaylee, I mean. <laughs> Kaylee. Kaylee, um, who has led worship several times here and has just like exhibited such like amazing growth in her, in her willingness to get up and lead us spiritually. It's just been so good. So thank you for that. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Ladies on the front row. Yeah. 
All right, so um, next, uh, three of four, and we'll, we'll move through these last two pretty quickly here. Um, this is awesome. As we talk about the power of giving thanks, thanksgiving has the power to make things holy. It has the power to make things holy. We have all these normal things in our lives. And when we come before God and give him thanks for those things, something sacred happens. And they move to a new category. They move out of the category of normal and regular into the category of sacred and amazing and full of life and full of potential. So in Romans, they're having this argument about what days are holy and what's holy to eat and what's not holy and what days aren't holy. And in the middle of that, the writer of Romans says, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstained does so to the Lord and give thanks to God. And it's this thing where it's like, okay, whatever, whatever day you want, do that day. Whatever food you want, do that food. But whatever you do, give thanks for it. And by giving thanks to God for it and bringing those things before him, you suddenly make those things holy. You transfer them from the category of normal to the category of awesome intense. Like I I talked about this a couple months ago. I had this practice for a little while and wish I still did it every day because it's so good of waking up in the morning and looking at my calendar and getting strategic with God and just saying, Lord, thank you for the things that are on my calendar today. And I could approach every single one of those things completely spiritless. But by opening my phone and looking at my calendar and seeing those little colored dots and saying, Lord, thank you for this. And thank you for this. It invites God into those moments to strategize with him about how he wants to make each of those moments full of potential and completely holy. And when Jesus is feeding the 4,000 in Mark chapter 8, he takes these very normal things, bread and fish, and he makes them supernatural. And he calls that moment prophetically into something miraculous by giving thanks. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them and told the disciples to distribute them. And we see this supernatural act of giving thanks for something. And it takes those things and it makes them holy. And it makes them miraculous. And so this next thing that we're giving thanks for is something completely normal. I want you to think of like the most normal thing in your life. The thing that you've relegated to like the category of that doesn't mean anything. It could be something great. It could be your job. It could be a relationship. It could be a a team you play on or something you love doing for fun. It's just in the category of normal. And I want us to be thankful for that. And in being thankful for it, I want us to shift it to the category of supernatural, of powerful, of pregnant with the potential to become a a moment of miracles, right? So let's give thanks for those things. Find something normal, completely average, and just be thankful for it.
maybe it's something you kind of like despise doing because it seems so mundane, right? Focus, focus, focus. Last one. This one comes pretty quick. Um, giving thanks helps us recognize God as the author of all things. And I want us to just take this last, this fourth piece of fabric. And right now we'll transition right into this moment. Just write out attributes of God. Be thankful for God. Be thankful for who he is. And just write out why you're thankful for God, his presence in your life. And let's just fill, fill the piece of fabric with just like God words. All right, in just a second, we're going to sing a couple more songs. And as we sing those songs, I want to invite you into to just using the moment freely. Um, if it's, you know, somebody that you want to go move and talk to and tell them thank you for who they are or something, or it's getting back and just like sending out some messages, totally fine. Um, but in addition to that, in this time when we sing these, these songs, I want us to take these four things and I want to, as you can see, move over here and we're just going to tie them onto this. Uh, these four strands of light. Um, so do that as we sing, and let's just allow gratitude to well up in us. And let's be proactive and continue just to deposit things into this place and to practice it well. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the people who are in this room. Thank you for spiritual family. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Um, yeah, you're good, God, and we thank you for who you are.